I spoil you lot. I spoil you immensely. A great special video here from a great friend of mine, Erwin Maresh, whose father owns Limoncillo, uh, a coffee that we've become incredibly attached to and I couldn't live without anymore. Great thing is Erwin, I knew before we bought his coffee, cool friend, he'll explain this in the video a little bit more, but he's a great guy and I feel that this interview just shows what a cool guy that he is. Uh, I really hope you enjoy it and um, let me know what you think. Hello everybody and welcome to another one of our In My Mug specials in Guatemala. Uh, I'm joined by a really special guest, Erwin uh, Maresh from Nicaragua, who's uh, a farmer who kind of works with, it's your, dad's, it's your dad's farm isn't it, but you kind of manage it and do all the hard work. Uh, and Erwin's kind of been one of my longest friends at Origin because Erwin was the person who took me around on my first ever Cup of Excellence. You were uh, one of the organizers, you were the organizer, weren't you? And I was uh, the country coordinator for Nicaragua. And uh, I turned up in Nicaragua, never travelling outside of Europe, kind of first time in an aeroplane for 20 odd years, and this guy was looking after me. <laughs> but no, Erwin's a really good friend and uh, yeah, kind of a really cool guy, but more importantly, we buy some really great coffee from him. So, Erwin, um, if you just want to kind of tell all the has been fans out there kind of a little bit about yourself, uh, how long you've been in farming, how long you've been involved in coffee, and, and that kind of thing. Well, yeah, um, basically, I'm a fourth generation coffee farmer. Um, the farms that we have basically have been have belonged to my great grandfathers. You know, uh, the group, my great grandfather, from my father's side, came over from Germany in uh, I believe it was 1898. Something like that. He came over to Nicaragua to build the railroad system. Right. You know, and uh, basically the way things work in Latin America, you know, he didn't get paid for his services, and so they just <laughs> gave him some land or whatever they could find. You know, and. Uh, he actually bought some, brought some over, brought over some coffee seeds from Guatemala. Okay. And started uh, planting bourbon in Nicaragua, you know. And uh, I guess it must have been like uh, 1920s, you know. And um, that's how he got started. Uh, then my grand, my great grandfather from my uh, mother's side, you know, he was a salmon, uh, a sailor from Scotland. Oh, okay. So a little bit of the Scottish blood. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's why we do a lot of the. Coffee drinking, <laughs> you know, and a lot of the whiskey drinking, <laughs> exactly, exactly, <laughs> and the rum drinking. Erwin's a bad man. He's got me into trouble so many times. Kind of, ah, come on, just one more. But this trip, I can't get him in the bar. He just, just doesn't want to have a drink. He's well, you know, I'm, I'm with my boss now. You know, legal, uh, board director of Ace. You know, cup of excellence. And, you know, so gotta behave. <laughs> Uh, but uh, anyway, you know, he he uh, he had a son. You know, my grandfather uh, got started. You know, uh, in uh, I guess it must have been like uh, mid or late thirties, uh, and um, he was very successful. You know, uh, with coffee farming. You know, he was uh, he was able to get you know or have around eleven coffee farms and cattle farms. You know, in his time, uh, when he passed away, basically gave all his daughters you know a farm. You know, and he had a total of uh, seven daughters. So, uh, well, six daughters and one, and one son, you know, but um, and, uh, that's how we began, basically, my parents, you know, uh, from uh, their inheritance of the coffee farm, they really began uh, farming. You know, and, uh, so so when, when did you first start getting involved in the farming side, getting involved in the coffee? Okay, well, no, I um, basically, I grew up in the United States, in, uh, in the 
the 80s, yeah. because of the Civil War in Nicaragua. Of course, I mean, they're Nicaraguan, for those kind of who don't know, there was a lot of socialist unrest, it was a socialist country up until the early 90s. It was, yeah, in 1989, yeah. you know, they, they held open elections, and you know, that's when uh, the people voted against that uh, government, the democratic government basically came in. Yeah. You know, but, uh, but there was a lot of unrest during that time, wasn't there? There was a lot of unrest, you know, all our farms had been confiscated, you know, the government took them over. You know, they chopped down all the coffee trees and started planting cash crops, you know, corns, beans, uh, you know, lettuce, tomatoes, and things like that. So, uh, basically, I was visiting Nicaragua in 94, uh, sorry, or 93, and my mother asked me to go and uh, get her an inventory of how much coffee, you know, uh, she had at the dry mill. You know, so I went and uh, basically the mill manager started telling me, okay, we have so many uh, so many bags of uh, dry parchment, so many bags of wet parchment, so many bags of, you know, oro, which is uh, basically the green coffee, and so many bags of uh, the, 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 the escogidos, basically all the, the lower quality stuff that's been sorted out, you know, so, and I thought he was making fun of me. <laughs> I thought he was pulling my leg, you know, so I kind of was rude to him, you know, but uh, he, you know, told me off and I'm going to go tell my mother that's how much we had. So I drove back to the capital, but I you know, called her up, okay, this is, this is it. And she goes, okay, thank you. You know, and I'm like, wait, hold it. You mean the guy wasn't pulling my leg? <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, I was that, that so... That must have been like the worst time to start being involved in coffee. It, it was, it was, <laughs> you know. I mean, first of all, the, the, the farms weren't, you know, producing almost anything at that time. Yeah. You know, we had just gotten them back from the government and we had a assume the debt that farms had incurred, you know, during the 80s, uh, even though they they weren't, you know, ours in the time as the government had taken them. But that was conditioned, so, you know, we had to start everything over again. All the infrastructure was the same one that was left over than when, when my grandfather was running everything. You know, uh, the techniques, I mean, they were non-existent. Basically, you know, everything we had to start from scratch. You know, I didn't help any because I didn't know the first thing about coffee, you know. But uh, that humbling experience made me want to learn, you know, so I postponed my trip back to the U.S. You know, I went and uh, spent, you know, a month in the dry mill, you know, so I wouldn't go through that experience again, you know. And uh, like a good old boy, you know, I went back to the U.S. with my green samples, you know, and uh, started visiting, you know, it's embarrassing to say, but, you know, Folgers and you know, Maxwell House sending samples to them, thinking they were the ones who would be buying my coffee, you know. And obviously, they, I mean, they didn't even pay attention to me. But uh, that, that's how it got started, you know. Uh, basically, there were only two exporters in Nicaragua. Right? Everything that was being exported in Nicaragua was a, as, a, as a physical grade. I mean, they would classify it, you know, by screen size. They didn't care about, you know, uh, about uh, what it tasted like. I guess that was a good thing about me coming in and not knowing anything. You know, I was like, well, you hold it, you know, the coffee you drink it, you know, you're supposed to like it, and, and, and you know, not, I mean, who cares what it looks like, you know, um, or how big the, the screen size is. You know, Which so. for so long did kind of was, was a thing that happened, you know, where people just didn't, it was just about screen size, wasn't it? It was about, yeah, that'll do, that'll pass, that one won't. Exactly. exactly. Uh, I mean, Nicaraguan coffee, kind of over the past six, seven years since I've really been probably involved in coffee business it just seems to have kind of done this kind of taken off as in 
you know, people caring about what they're producing. Even the small co-ops seem to be kind of improving on quality and really kind of getting that quality message. What, what do you think kind of started that and made people want to do something like that? Well, I mean, like, like I was saying, there was only two exporters at the time there in the mid-90s, you know, and they took advantage of the situation that they basically, you had to go to either one of them if you wanted to sell your coffee. So the prices that the producers obtained at the time during that coffee crisis time where you know, the price was on the floor for commercial grade coffee, wasn't exactly. it? So that kind of always has a knock-on effect for the rest of the markets, the right. commercial markets there. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's pretty much the reference for any of the prices that we have today. You know, even for specialty you know, uh, quality coffees. But uh, anyway, I mean, the, the people started, uh, there were smaller companies opening up, you know, over the markets. Uh, I set up a there were no cuppers in it that I went. I had the cupping lab up, you know, because I Is that the one in Matagalpa? The one in Matagalpa. Yeah, exactly. that was the one that we visited last year, wasn't it? That came across. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing place, because like, you're kind of in the middle of the mill, and then all of a sudden you've got a great espresso machine there where you can actually pull some espresso shots, and then you can do some cupping, and it's not just a normal cupping lab, is it? It's kind of, you've adapted it a little bit to kind of be, well, is this coffee good for espresso? And <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, no farm can really produce 100% specialty grade coffee. I mean, you're always going to get you know, some commercial grades in there. So, I mean, we have been trying to see what each lot that comes in, you know, is good. You know, and uh, for our commercial grades, you know, we started uh, decapping them. Right? We sent them to Mexico. They get uh, water processed there for decaffeination. You know, we sell them as decaf in the U.S. You know, so that's a little value added. We get a little better price for them, you know, yeah. that way. Yeah. You know, um, so I mean, we help ourselves out that way. You know. But uh, basically, what has improved the, the quality is that these smaller exporters, you know, started focusing more, you know, on cup quality. Yeah. You know, back in uh, 2001, um, Roberto Bentaña basically, uh, he's he's part of my mother's family, you know, so he. Uh, Roberto is, by the way, somebody who's going to be doing one of these with us a little bit later on. So, yeah, Roberto, he's, he's a cool guy, he's, he's, yes, he's yes. A, another great friend from, from, from that first ever trip. But, yes, so yes. that's your, which, what, what's the family relation again? He's, he's, my, he's my cousin, yeah. you know, his mother and my mother you know, okay. were sisters. Yeah. You know, and uh, so basically the farms from that side of the family come from the same, from the same line, yeah. if you want to see it that way. Yeah. You know, but um, Roberto was working with the Nicaraguan government at the time in 2001. You know, he went to a meeting in Long Beach. No, sorry, it was Miami Beach, and uh, he had to beg, you know, for us to get you know the cup of excellence. You know, uh, he came back to down to Nicaragua. You know, I guess it was uh, February 2002. Yeah. You know, and he said, uh, you know, I was able to get the cup of excellence. Can we do it? I said, Yeah, sure. You know, we got a whole year to prepare. He goes, No. You know, three months. <laughs> Yeah, I go. You're crazy, man. This is well, that's ridiculous. crazy in yeah. Central America. That is probably crazy. And it, 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 yes, exactly. Because nothing happens quickly. Nothing exactly. ever happens quickly. Yeah. You know, so uh, no, but uh, he said, look, you know, if you're not gonna help, well, then you know, don't slow me down. <laughs> and he decided to do it. You know, I thought I thought it was kind of crazy, but you know, him being family, I said, no. I mean, if you do it, you know, I'll be there to help. You know, so uh, I was pretty much in charge of all the cupping logistics, which for me, I was uh, is always tough. I mean, there's so many small producers so far out, aren't they, as well? It's not like they're near the capital or near, exactly. near kind of anywhere close. You've got to really get out into the hills, haven't yes, you? Yes, yes. Well, was a small country, you know. It's five million of us, uh, five and a half million of us. And, uh, there's 30,000 coffee producers. We are at 30,000. There's 27,000 that are small coffee producers with two hectares or less. You know, and 
but that 3,000 coffee producers, uh, medium and large size coffee producers, produce 75% of the total crop. You know, but in reality, yeah, I'm, I'm part of the 30 uh, of, of, of those 3,000. Yeah. But in reality, the quality that those other 27,000 coffee producers produce is amazing. You know, small micro lots. I mean, they're proud of what they're doing. You know, I remember that uh, that first ever cup of excellence. I've never been on one of these juries before, and these coffees are put in front of me. I don't know if you can remember. I was just kind of going into the discussions after. Ah! Because I just I hadn't seen so certainly from Nicaragua, you know, it was somewhere that I just hadn't explored and hadn't really discovered, and um, the quality was just amazing. And all of these guys, you know, a lot of these smaller uh, right out in the far reaches, weren't they? Exactly. Just, and, and that's that's what I got with excellence and selling what they do. So I mean, the, the benefits of it to the smaller farmer really right. kind of kicks in. But I mean, you you had some kind of success in, in, in the program as well, haven't you? Even though because yes. you're involved as one of the head judges and Latin American coordinator, right. but the family has had some success. Yes, well, when I was running the Cup of Excellence in Nicaragua, you know, um, obviously I, I didn't enter my coffee because I had, you know, those conflicts of interest there. As soon as I pulled away and started, you know, working uh, in, in Latin America, you know, then I just don't show up to the Cup of Excellence in Nicaragua, <laughs> you know, to, to prevent any any problems, yeah. you know, but, uh, but yes, you know, my, my mother's farm, you know, Limoncillo, I and mean, that's a great thing about the program, though, isn't it? That it's so transparent. There isn't really any way you could do that anyway. It's kind of, you know, there's auditing, external, you can always open to, to be examined. But Limoncillo was the first kind of time in that convection that we kind of got to really experience your coffee, which was kind of crazy. I couldn't believe that. It's a really cool story that when the, the auction was on, we cooked all of the samples and we decided this was the lot we were going for. Bidding away, bidding away. Auction closes, and Susie, who's the coordinator, drops me an email and says, "You didn't know whose coffee that is, don't you?" Found out it was Irwin, so I was just like, "Ah!" Email and then email to your brother Steve as well. It was just like I was so excited. It's kind of really cool that I love the coffee first before I kind of knew it, and I'm, I'm so pleased it happened that way. Because if, right, right. if I'd known, I probably would have started going, "Oh no, no, no!" It's because I know Irwin, you know, but. Right. It, it was amazing. I was just absolutely gobsmacked. Yes. Um, yes. But then this year you've also had another success, haven't you? Basically, in, uh, in Little Seal, you know, if you remember you, you visited, you know, it's a farm that basically is it's vertical the way the, the, the topography. Yeah. And we have like plateaus. So we have like different microclimates in each plateau and each altitude, which has allowed us to make the farm more like an experiment station. You know, so we have at a all the farms that we have is the, the one that we had the most varietals in. You know, even though that we don't like to have a lot of varietals in the farms, it's a lot more difficult to manage. Yeah. You know, but this way it allows us to see which varietals work better at different altitudes, different you know climates. And uh, one of the varietals that we have is uh, one that comes from Java. Yeah. You know, to tell you the truth, I've, I've been you know uh, researching it for the past three, four years. I haven't been able to find out exactly from which. You know, variety comes from. You, know. you told a great story about how that came to be on the farm. Yeah. Yes, that, yes. That was just. Yes, my father decided to buy it off of a security guard. And, you know, got paid with it. You know, and, and he, of course, he, he can't eat the, the, the coffee beans. You know, so he, my father decided to help him out and buy the coffee beans from him. And, you know, and I, against my recommendation. <laughs> that tells you how much I know, right? <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, you never know. Who, what it is or who you're buying them from. Yeah, you know? So, but I mean, my dad was just, you know, 
being a good Samaritan, I guess. <laughs> you know, and uh, he was rewarded for it, you know, because uh, now with that variety, you know, uh, we gave some seats to, to, to some other family members, you know, and um, a cousin of mine decided to put it in with a couple of excellence, but he didn't have a lot big enough, yeah. you know, that variety. So he asked me if we could, if we could have, you know, some, uh, he could put in also a, a joint lot. So we put that variety on in, you know, and it got second place. Well, yes, Sweet Maria's. It was a, a I mean, it was a, like a, a group buying, you know. So basically, Sweet Maria's, you know, Heather Perry from uh, the Patch, yeah. Patch, yeah, she's uh, the uh, U.S. Barista champion in 2007, right? And then uh, Jeff and Taylor, was second in the world, since Lauren, she did really well in the world. She's, exactly. Uh, Fantastic, Mr. Jeff Taylor. Jeff Taylor. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, great group. I was so jealous of that one. Yes, yes. But we've got a great variety from you as well with the Pacamara Fever. Um, right. That, and you know, I mean, with the Limoncillo, it's been amazing. It's our, I think it's our fifth biggest seller so far this month. This month, out of all the coffees we've got, uh, there's been a whole lot of uh, love going on for it. <laughs> and the Pacamara Fever, it's been just kind of that's really different again, isn't it? Yes, I mean, yes. Kind of how much of the crop it is there? That so when you get Pacamara. Then you get about five, ten percent, isn't it? from that. Yes. Well, it's uh, yeah, depending on the year. The most we've ever gotten has been seven percent of the total crop. You know, last year it was five percent. You know, it must uh, be a tiny, tiny proportion of what's coming out. Of, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, uh, I believe that last year we had a total of uh, sixty bags that we that we were able to separate. You know, from all the rest of the pacamara. Because that's the other thing: is separate. It's a lot of work. It's a lot yes, of effort. It's a lot exactly. of time. Uh, but no, it's certainly a coffee that I think we've been you know, really been enjoying and, and our guys at home have as well. So, uh, uh, I mean, <coughs> thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us. I know you're a bit shooting off fishing, aren't you? So, Erwin's uh, uh, come down a little bit earlier for me today so we could do this. So, thanks very much for that. Uh, thank you for the coffee. Oh, on behalf pleasure. of me and, and the guys who are buying it, it's, <coughs> it's so good that we've got a kind of great relationship with the people we're buying from as well. Uh, you know, coming out to the farm last year was, was just stunning. And, um, it's a, it's a really, really good coffee that we're so you know, kind of proud to have, so thanks very much. Oh, thank you for hearing me. Thanks very much, and um, yeah, we look forward to talking to you guys soon.